Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We got another episode of Beyond Sunday. Pastor Randy's back in the saddle. Mm-hmm. Right? Hopefully, sort uh, of. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. It's almost like a saddle that we're sitting on here. Almost. If we turned it the other way. It's about as comfortable as one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so, Randy, I uh, I posed a joke a couple of weeks ago when you weren't here. Yeah, and Thank I you. just let it sit out there, but I didn't give everyone an answer. All right, so I'm gonna just feed it to you. you Good. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I mean, what do really, you but... What do you call? And this is a food joke. Okay. What do you call a hen looking at a pile of lettuce? A hen looking at a pile of lettuce. This is from one of our dear saints. Chicken salad. Ooh, you're close. Yeah, chicken Caesar, Caesar salad. salad. Yeah. Ah, wow. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you're getting good. Your time uh, in Mexico. Practice. Yeah. I think it's just the cumulative effect of the barrage of these jokes that, yeah. that, I, that you are subjecting me to. Yeah, that's good. I think I'm getting worse at it, actually. I don't think i'm doing very well because okay. maddie keeps telling me jokes i used to get them like yeah you know every yeah. one out of three or something it's been a long time on a dry spell maybe that's god telling you don't don't tell jokes well, on I, beyond sunday it could be the opposite <laughs> i like to try and you know oh decipher what god's oh telling my, me my, my, my. all right uh into the good stuff mm-hmm. yeah um, we were back in Matthew. Uh, yes. You were gone for a couple of weeks. The barbecue bonanza Sunday, just to recap, mm-hmm. you were in the beginning of Matthew chapter 9, and now we're back, Matthew right. 9, verses 9 to 13. Right. Bob Mueling, if you're watching this, we started back in Matthew on September 17th. 17th. Yeah. Is there some... Robert dissension over that or no bob just didn't remember that we had started back into matthew oh there you go (laughs) robert we did we did um so a couple of questions for you Mm -hmm. um just in response to that sermon Mm -hmm. um so you used the word shock in response to matthew Mm -hmm. jesus's calling of Mm -hmm. matthew um and so have you given any thought to why jesus calls those to follow him who others might be shocked by. Yeah. So on Sunday, I mentioned the fact that at least Jesus is making a statement about how he feels towards certain people. So while the religious community around him would just um, disregard those people, mm-hmm. as one of the uh, folks said, uh, it might have been Adam uh, off to my right, you know, others would have looked on them with disdain, I think is the word that Adam used. Jesus now looks at looks at Matthew with a whole new purpose. It's like rather mm-hmm. than him being um, unusable, uh, um, Jesus said, "No, no, I'm going to make you one of my twelve. So that I did mention it on Sunday. At least we know that. But the other thing is uh, what I what I didn't mention, and I I could have, and maybe should have, was just the reminder of. Uh, or at least I didn't think I mentioned it. I mean, what's Peter's occupation? Fisherman. So, I mean, you have this 
this, uh, you know, what we call sort of a motif or a, a reoccurring pattern where Jesus selects these people um, and they are not the types of people that are probably the most respected in the community at that time would be my guess. So, mm -hmm. so there, there must be something to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering what is to that. Have you given that any? Yeah, but I mean, or? yeah, I think I have a follow-up question then. Yeah. So, you know, the cross-referencing sometimes is helpful. So when you go into the New Testament a little bit further, Paul makes a statement about, you know, it's not many people like this or like, you know, not many noble, not many wise mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus calls. Yeah. So there's something to this as one author, I forget what his name is, but one author called it, you know, Jesus is dealing with like an upside down kingdom. Mm -hmm. Everything just seems to be turned on its head. So Jesus selects these types of people rather than the people that the world would say, yeah, actually his kingdom would have advanced better if he would have chosen, you know, smarter individuals or right. more respected individuals. So mm -hmm. I think there's something to that Jesus statement of, no, no, just remember that this is a supernatural work. And one of the ways that plays itself out is the kinds of people that God calls to himself. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, he does, he does, you know, he calls Peter, uh, who are the other fishermen? The sons of Zebedee, they yeah, were fishermen. John. At least that's what the chosen says. So <laughs> whatever the chosen says is, is uh, yeah, I love that show. But uh, so, yeah, that's probably enough for that. Yeah, that so it does. Um, so then a personal question that people might ask themselves then would be, how should I feel if you wouldn't be shocked by Jesus calling me? I was born and raised in a traditional mm -hmm. Christian, God-fearing family, mm -hmm. and it was expected of me almost. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether, yeah, I, you know, my path was a, a linear straight line or there were some curves along the way, it was kind of expected of me and here I am. And mm -hmm. that's not very shocking. Yeah. And all I would, I would respond to that and say, you're very, very fortunate that God uh, put his hand on your life. It's, um, to use the language again of Paul, I think it's in Corinthians, you're one of the not many, maybe, you know, it's not many of those people, but there are some. And so that's probably as simply as, uh, simply as I could put it, is that um, that's not the only people that God calls, but when you, by, by and large, the start of the movement and the ongoing progress of the movement of Christ in the world doesn't fit the way in which the world operates. Right. So none of us actually have any, you know, any reason to be called, but yeah. Yeah. Right. And and that was the line that I, I think stuck out from the chosen clip that you showed is get used to different, mm -hmm. you know, so God's going to do things in a way that yeah. we might not have planned it ourselves or scripted out. Yeah. And it's coming up to in, in this coming week and probably the next weekend, um, this this ongoing questioning of Jesus. So the, early in our chapter, just to get back to the text a little bit, early in our chapter, the scribes have an issue with him. Mm -hmm. And then the next paragraph, our, our time last time, the Pharisees have an issue with him. This coming Sunday, beginning at uh, verse 14, the disciples of John are questioning. Yeah. So this, mm -hmm. uh, to go back to that, that line, get used to different, Jesus is constantly, or at least God records scripture showing us how often Jesus and his ways and his teaching are challenged by everybody because everything is new now with him. 
and we'll try to address that a little bit more on yeah. Sunday uh, if I can. So, yeah, okay. I just want to look at that text. I'm pretty sure that that's the, um, um, it'll be in, yeah, in verse 14, which is this coming mm -hmm. Sunday. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why yeah. do, you know, how come you guys are always eating and not fasting? What's, what's your problem? Right. And Jesus has got to explain, no, things are different with me. Yeah. Now that I'm in your presence, things are very, very different. Yeah. Okay. So Jesus is doing things differently. He's eating with tax collectors and sinners. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a second question here is, mm -hmm. to what extent should we follow Jesus's example of surrounding ourselves with tax collectors and sinners? Is there wisdom to putting a limit on you know places we should go or interactions we should have or... Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing is you've got to pay attention to your conscience. Paul did talk clearly about that. Again, moving forward from the Gospels to uh, to the Apostle Paul with some of his clarifications of Christianity and how it's to be done. Pay attention to your conscience. Mm -hmm. And so there's places uh, maybe you shouldn't go because your conscience is bothering you and there's no need to go. As far as the teaching itself, though, following the example of Jesus in this text or in Luke 15, for instance, uh, the famous chapter on the prodigal, which is uh, normally called the prodigal son mm -hmm. chapter. In both of those cases, Matthew 9, Luke 15, Jesus' example is showing us the Father's heart for lost people. So, you know, Jesus is, you know, calling Matthew, and he's, he's not only interested in Matthew, he's interested in a physician healing sinners, sick people, spiritually sick people. That is, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, to say, should you surround yourself with tax collectors and sinners? I would rather say, um, does God have you in a place in your life where you have potential to rub shoulders with sinners who don't know Christ, so that you can help them know Him? Mm -hmm. And that is all of our mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the wisdom part comes in again with, you know, a person's conscience. I mean, I don't know what's coming with some of your uh, questions and so forth, but uh, here's, remember the angle uh, from Sunday. So um, I do think that it's important for us to make sure that we're not staying away from sinners thinking that they will taint us. In other words, if their unrighteousness will rub off on me, then my, my lifestyle is similar to, uh, or my philosophy of life, is similar to the Pharisees, where they were saying, in order to be holy, I have to keep myself separate from them totally. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is showing the opposite. So it is important that wisdom dictates. Now, our, our, we are to be, uh, as in, uh, to use, I think it was John's language, we're in the world, but not of the world. There's the separation type of thing, yep. one, one angle on it. Yeah. So if your conscience isn't forbidding it, uh, and the opportunity is there, then go ahead, rub shoulders. Rub shoulders, and, and Put you yourself might, you, in a, yeah. You know, maybe the classic example I you might think of is you know I'm going to go to yeah. a, go to a bar yeah. or yeah. a college student down to spring break yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and you've got to you know you've got to deal with the fallout of all kinds of ways in which well-meaning Christians will will interpret those actions. You need to be ready for that. Sure. Right. So, um, well, yeah. and in some ways, the Pharisees are well-meaning, you know, oh, they have, oh, for sure. 
yeah. you know, whether their motors are pure or not, I don't know, but you know, they're yeah. part of their intention at least is well-meaning. Uh, we want to be righteous before God. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yet they, you know, weren't approving of Jesus's methods and yeah. he didn't seem to care. Yeah. The main thing is just to remember that in any of your discussion, in, in any of your thoughts about rubbing shoulders with non-Christians, we never get to the place where their sin, that where we join in their sin. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's not, when no. we talk about eating with, when Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners, he's not sinning himself. Mm-mm. He is presenting life to them as only he could. Yeah. So that's one of the, you know, that's one of the things where, you know, if someone were to ask me, well, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't draw it as in, with respect to necessarily where you go. I would draw the line and say, but what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you sinning by your close association with with non-Christians? And if you are, then you need to confess and repent of that. But that doesn't take away our responsibility to be light, salt, and light in the world. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we have to rub shoulders with them. Yeah. I mean, Jesus paves the way. That's helpful. Um, you had said something about approved and non-approved methods of evangelism. Is that ringing a bell? Mm. Um, yeah. What were you getting at there? Yeah, I was getting at, you know, I, I just, there's a, there's a particular crowd in evangelical churches like ours where, you know, you can get kind of close. Mm-hmm. But door-to-door evangelism, for instance, is, is pretty safe. Kind of close to what? To sinners. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. I mean, you, that's pretty close, but that's safe. Okay. In other words, I walk up to some strange, you know, knock on the door, ring the bell, and yeah. I say, hey, you know, I'm Randall Pelton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Christian, and uh, I just wanted to tell you about Jesus. That's sure. I think most of our crowd feels that's safe. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the part where uh, are we are we okay with actually eating with them? Mm-hmm. In the ancient world, that was a statement. Probably yeah. more so than in our world, I think. Oh yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, agree. there's still there's still some intimacy involved when you know when you say to a neighbor, "Hey, let's eat together," because you're you know you're together mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. But in the ancient world, boy, that was a that was a huge sign mm-hmm. uh, that we're together, right? Really together. Yeah. So, I think that's where you know I was thinking about some forms of evangelism are safe. You know, you don't have to get too close. You don't have to worry about becoming tainted. Right. But Jesus wasn't doing that. Yeah. So you're just saying in our perception yeah. today, in yeah. our particular context even, that there are views of approved and non-approved methods, yeah. but that was not something that was, you know, keeping Jesus. Yeah. He wasn't thinking about whether it's approved or not. No, 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 because he was on mission. Yeah. I mean, he had a mission in mind. Let me, mm-hmm. let me just say, too, again, I'm not sure where you want to take this, but one of, the things, one of the things I have to, um, you know, I have to work out is, um, you know, I keep trying to draw these lines. So is it, uh, for, for instance, friendship <laughs> evangelism. Yeah. How long, how long does it take for you to and this isn't coming out right. How long does it take for you to get up the courage to talk about Jesus with friendship evangelism? That's not maybe that's not the way to put it. How about this? How long do I give myself in a friendship 
before I actually mention Jesus? Yeah. And do I feel like I have to wait a certain amount of time? In other words, do I need a certain amount of credibility in the relationship before mm -hmm. now I can? I don't personally think I need to work on a timetable. What I think I need to work on is, do I show genuine love for my neighbor? I mean, I'm thinking about mm -hmm. uh, Michelle and I uh, yesterday, you know, uh, in our time together, uh, we talked about one particular husband and wife neighbor in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, we ride motorcycle together some. Rick, uh, uh, Rick probably doesn't watch this, but Rick Goodhart knows him as well. They are not Christian people. Y you know, I don't feel like I have to wait a certain amount of time before I introduce Christ to them. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like from the, from the very beginning, I have to love my neighbor. They have to show mercy toward them, which is a big part of our text, mm -hmm. where Jesus cites Hosea 6.6. 6. Mm -hmm. So I'm off, often torn with this friendship evangelism versus what was, I don't know, when was it? When was evangelism explosion? You remember E.E. E., uh, from, um, <laughs> I think, the guy out of Florida, the Presbyterian guy. I want to say Kennedy was his last name. I, and if it is him, he's one of my, my mom's favorite preachers. He's with the Lord now. I think he's the one that came up with this evangelism explosion stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to balance it out with friendship evangelism, which obviously takes a long time versus, you know, uh, a door-to-door -door approach where immediately you talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of find myself working with that. And where's wisdom and how does God want me to act in this friendship with, uh, you know, like Jesus showing tax collectors and sinners that, I'm okay with them. And then I mm -hmm. totally, so I'm sorry about this. I You're totally fine. forgot this on Sunday. So one of the old, old scholars that I was referring to, um, he, this would have been, I think it was a Reformation writer. He said, isn't it interesting that Jesus is approaching this group of tax collectors and sinners before they realize that they're sinners? In other words, there's no indication in this that Jesus is there now with Matthew's colleagues because they themselves feel like they need Jesus. There's no indication of that, which mm -hmm. I thought was a very interesting insight. Like Jesus is not there because they're ready to receive him. He's there because they need him. And I thought that was a very interesting insight. That's a good way to phrase yeah, it. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. I didn't quote it correctly, but almost. Yeah, no, that's good. Um uh, Tell Rebecca that's one of my friends from like the 16th century. She'll love that. <laughs> yeah, she will. Um, I lost my train of thought. Ah, uh, sorry. No, that's it's okay. To me two, three times. Yeah. Um, well, let's just move on to the last point yeah, then. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, Let me find the text again. Yeah. So the way you you phrased it in your sketchy notes mm. was how this explains his mission and ours. And so I was just wondering if you could summarize or recap that final point. I can. You see those three kind of lines, you know, he, the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick do, yep. you know, God requires or desires mercy, not sacrifice. And then yep. finally, I, I came to call uh, the sinner, not the righteous. My emphasis, I would put on the quote, and it, and this is a partial quote from Jesus of he, uh, Hosea 6, 6. Mm -hmm. And I was confused on Sunday because in my head, I know there's parallelism with line a and line b what a what is more b in hosea it's not here in um it's left the line b is left out in 
Um, is Jesus taking it out of context? No, he's not taking it out of context, but he only gives us line A, not line B. And in right. my head, I'm quoting Hosea, yeah. thinking about that second line, which always adds a little bit more specificity and sharpening. But I, I believe that in, that what we should do with that end part, go ahead and find that if you want, yeah. is what we should do is we should focus on God desiring mercy. Mm-hmm. So remember, I was quoting back, um, Ken Musser uh, picked up on this because uh, I saw Ken yesterday, and um, Ken picked up on this where I was referring to the Hebrew in Hosea uh, here in the Greek, I desire mercy. That's this word for compassion, this mm-hmm. feeling of aching in the heart for the need of someone and wanting to help. In the Old Testament in Hosea, it's that famous word hesed, mm-hmm. so the loyal love word. So mm-hmm. what's the, can you, 6-6, six, six, can you read that, uh, that second line, that yeah. line B? Right. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Yes, yes. So remember, uh, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but we should, we should remember this, that when usually when New Testament writers quote Old Testament text, they expect the reader to know the rest of the text around it. Mm. And this is one of these cases where Jesus, uh, you know, Matthew's recording the words of Jesus. He leaves out line B. What he's after in our text, verse 13, is God desires mercy. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. And I want to make sure in this last point, that's my mission. So I was thinking about every single relationship that I have and what does mercy look like? And that would be a way to take this beyond Sunday is think about where mercy comes into play in all of your relationships this week. Okay. Focus on mercy. Do you see what's happening? I do. It's you remember, my thoughts now coming you back. remember. Isn't that weird? So, How old are you? Yeah. You wait, thir- your, day, your day's coming. <laughs> I misquoted my age yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, so I'm at that point. Okay. Old enough to not know how old I am. Um, so... You know, friendship evangelism mm. is what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this idea This was of, minutes ago, right? <laughs> I know, such a long time. <laughs> uh, but mercy uh, in friendship evangelism, I think sometimes, like, if our if our intention is to yeah. just, mm-hmm. you know, engage a friendship yep. so that we can so get that, a convert... With the goal of... Right. Yeah. Then how merciful is that? I mean, not, it it's is, not totally it, it is, off. It, no, it is merciful because we don't we we want them in the kingdom of God. Let me put it positively rather than to say we don't want them to be in hell. We don't want them in hell. We want them to be with God for eternity, right, in His kingdom. So there is some mercy in that. Yes, but I I, I would even hesitate to call that a friendship, right? Evangelism. That's, it's that's, just evangelism, like a, a slow goal oriented evangelism yeah it was a yeah. slow kind yeah. of yeah. you know approach as opposed yeah. to a just instapot exactly which we found doesn't work very well <laughs> sorry about the advertisement right um whereas like a true friendship evangelism mm-hmm. would be i just appreciate this person they're a good friend of mine yeah. and they're not in the kingdom yet but i'm gonna you know i'm not disengaging with them because they haven't received it like because they're a friend of mine we enjoy some of the same That's things right. and our, yeah. you know and even even the emotion of of you know a neighbor who's i mean it's not like he's my best friend but a neighbor this guy i'm talking about now this mm-hmm. neighbor to a warm handshake a hug i mean mm-hmm. that's that's mercy that's that is uh loving your neighbor mm-hmm. with some heart 
you know? Yeah. So it's, I, I, I appreciate you bringing us back to that because there is a difference, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on mission, meaning my goal is to win a convert versus, no, I'm on mission. I am showing the same kind of mercy towards sinners that Jesus did, and they didn't all convert, mm-hmm. but he still ate with them. And I tell you what I love about, I mean, I, you know, go back to the chosen. What's so great is how these writers capture the emotion so well, like Jesus mm-hmm. when he laughed in that scene, because it was it, it was so wrong that he would call Matthew. And Matthew's saying, me? And Jesus laughs. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that little grin and laugh yeah. that he does. Yep. So it's like, I wanted to say on Sunday, I am going to be so disappointed if Jesus doesn't really look like that guy and, <laughs> and have that guy's accent. I'm going to be a disappointed believer. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's good though. And so, um, this explains his mission, Jesus and ours. And so as we go through our days and weeks, um, that taking those words from Hosea, Mm. Jesus and Matthew, uh, God's desire for mercy, not sacrifice again, just getting at our heart Mm -hmm. of it all. And whether it's a quick, you know, sure. punch evangelism yep. or whether yep. it's a slower method or yep. whether it's just a, a friend that we are continuing yep. to yep. just be salt and light to. Yep. Uh, the important thing is that no matter the method, our mission is, no matter mm-hmm. the method that yeah. our mission is driven by mercy and compassion, not yeah. self-righteousness and, you know. Another, I got to do this. Yeah. And then add that line B from Hosea. You'll notice that line A mercy, mm-hmm. loyal love, chesed, mm-hmm. line B, the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. So do you put those two together, right? The knowledge of God is sharpening the mercy part. In other words, the Pharisees did not know God because they did not have mercy. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that is, that's an indictment. Yeah. I mean, that's like for me. So I, the, do I know God? It depends on whether or not there's mercy in my soul towards others in my life. And so, mm-hmm. again, go back to that comment a few minutes ago. It's a great way to, to extend Sunday. Just make sure that uh, that you're focused on what you know about God. Does that spill over into mercy in your relationships, especially with a non-Christian? Mm-hmm. And that should prevent, as I said on Sunday, this knee-jerk reaction from evangelicals where they witness a sinner in action in the world, and their knee-jerk reaction is to judge them. Where's the mercy in that? What we should feel is we should feel compassion for them. They are lost. Mm -hmm. They don't know God. Therefore, they don't live rightly. Stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, we could talk a lot about that too. Yeah, sure. All right. So God has us all in places. (laughs) I think the reason I was thinking about it is because I was listening uh, and hearing about people who are moving away from certain communities because yeah. and moving out of states because yeah. the state isn't going in a direction they like. Right. And, you know, there's, I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. There's yeah. extenuating circumstances, but yeah. just our gravitational pull towards people like ourselves. Yeah. Uh, let's not distance ourselves from the people that God has in our lives. If they're there yeah. and, and at least just to get away from them, let's continue just to, yeah. Yeah, have love and compassion yeah. and mercy on them, because um, it is easy yeah. to just. It is, you yeah. know, our little find our little group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, 
That's all the questions for today. That's it? All the jokes. Wow. Thank God for that. Come back next week for another (laughs) one. All right. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can always email them to podcast at cbcmj.com. Is that where they go? That's where they go. Not to Roger Garber. No. Okay. I could give you his email address, but you're going to have to call me for that. And uh, yeah, we love hashing through the questions and the sermons. Randy, thanks for getting back into the States and being with us again. I'm glad to be back. Okay. See you guys next week. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.